What is up, guys? Welcome to episode number 122 of Beef's Beef, the first episode of the new year. That's right. And decade. And, yeah, and the new decade. You're right. But I actually heard a legitimate argument, and I think this is a good way to start um, before we get into our sponsorship. Somebody told me because there's no year zero that technically we're not in a new decade yet. Yeah, I mean, I also saw a meme where it was like, well, 2020 is the new decade, and it was like, no, 2021 would actually start the new decade, and then there was another person in the background was like, well, actually, any year could be the start of a decade, because a decade is just a 10-year span. All legitimate points. If yeah, like so, yeah, it's, but, it's funny. I was just reading that meme, like, right before you got here. Yeah, still impressive. Uh, but we always want to start off the episode with our sponsor. That's right. Crystal Lackey at Century Mortgage, which is uh, a part of Bay Equity. Uh, I saw Crystal and Trey at the at the game. We ate some good food down in Nashville. Yeah, met up with them. They stayed. Uh, they went down Sunday, and Parker, myself, and Parker's sister Amy went down uh, Monday morning. It was so funny, dude. That Parker's like, "Hey, man, go over to the house about nine forty-five. We'll leave by ten. Cool. I get there at nine fifty-five. Yeah, you know, late." Casually late, and he's like, "I'll come on in because he got some Taco Bell breakfast for us." I go in. Oh, Taco Bell breakfast, underrated, bro. It is. It is. That one I got was not very good. Oh, that's I, not just good. because I ordered it the wrong way. Yeah, what'd so you get? So it's my fault. I got one of the potato things, but there wasn't enough cheese in it, really? so it just wasn't as good. I don't um, know if anybody's watching the Rose Bowl, but they just imitated the who was that airplane who just had issues the other day? Was it Michigan? Michigan had an airplane issue the other day? No, Kansas. That's who it was. Is that what they were imitating? No, I don't know. But they had. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that, I mean, they're doing a pretty good job. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to top Ohio State's band. Yeah. They, they're normally the ones that, that do everything. And I hate that I'm giving Ohio State any type of credit because right. I'm not an Ohio State guy. But um, but I get over there to Parker's sister's house. She lives literally right behind Parker. Like, their backyard's almost butt up to each other. Okay. And his sister still got like 30 minutes to get ready. Mm. So that was great. But it didn't really matter because the game didn't start until 3 o'clock our uh, Nashville time. And we were leaving at like, we ended up leaving at like 9.30 their time. So Yeah. So, so did yeah. you stay the night after or did you come back? Oh, no, we came back. Yeah, we came back. All of us had to work the next day. Yeah. But if you guys couldn't tell, I still don't really have a voice. Started getting that uh, weather change sickness and then screaming at the game along with the cold weather. This hasn't really helped. So I'm going to do my best, but I don't know how long of an episode we'll have today. Bear down. Yeah, bear down. But uh, it was good seeing Crystal and Trey. Um, but if you need a uh, refinance or to just get a regular mortgage, head up Crystal. 502 Great New Year's resolution for you. You can also check her out online at centurymortgage.com backslash crystal dash lackey, C-R-Y-S-T-A-L dash L-A-C-K-E-Y. You already know the drill. Put some respect on the name. Yeah, absolutely. Again, 502-615-0743. Century uh, Mortgage is an equal housing lender. MLS number 76988. Crystal MLS number one seven three five nine seven nine. By the way, I think we should specify that Bay Equity. That's not B A E. 
You know what I'm saying? That's that's B A Y. They right? know who you're talking to. Yeah. Okay, teach own. But we'll we'll get right into the intro, and I'll let you take a little bit of a break from speaking over there. Okay, <laughs> no no big deal. But please throw in whatever you addition you have to this. Right. Start off with a fun one. I don't know. Have you ever played the game Shuffle? Or excuse, is it a game? Have you ever played shuffleboard? How do you say that? So, are you talking about like the old folks one with the paddles, or are you talking about the ones with the sand? All of the above. Ooh. But I like the ones with the sand better. Fun fact: where I went last night, Hilltop, yeah, a favorite of ours. They just added a shuffleboard table there. It's very intelligent. They've got big Jenga. They've got big Connect Four. They got rid of big Connect Four. Oh, they put the shuffleboard in place of the big Connect Four. Questionable move. I don't know, man. I think I like Shuffleboard better. They've got the Simpsons game, which is important. That's Well, see, that's actually, it's the Simpsons shell. It has a Simpsons game on it. Yeah. But it's actually a, uh, what do you call it, when it has a whole bunch of games on Multi-RK. it. Multi-arcade. That's not the name. It's got like 100 games on it. But Simpsons is the important one. I don't know if you remember Die Hard Arcade around that time frame, too. Great game. X-Men before that. NBA Jam is on there as well. Oh, that's decent. I actually did not know that there was multiple games on there. Oh, I yeah. just thought it was I think it's Ninja I think Ninja Turtles is on there too. Classic. That that is one of the all-time greats as well too. Now, if somehow magically they could get Cruise and World on there, which I know is impossible, but that'd be <laughs> that'd be a sweet addition too. But anyways, back to the original thought. 22 feet is the length of a regulation shuffleboard table. So, pretty important for you there. And you know, if anybody wants to challenge me, bring it. That's all I got to say. Point number two, there are actually 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. I know uh, you speak Hebrew. Um, give them a little taste. I didn't lose my voice. Oh, okay. I want to save it for... All right. That's fair. Uh, point number three, the 22nd state of the U.S. was... Any guesses? 22nd? Yes. They uh, joined 32 years after the first state, which was Delaware, they also were one of the teams who had a football game today. Um, Alabama. Bingo. That was a good guess on your first guess. You have, what, five options? Because yeah. Auburn's not a state. Yeah. Oregon's really far out west. Right. So that wasn't happening. It could have been Wisconsin. Possibly. Could have been Michigan. Could have been... Uh, yeah, I would say Alabama was your good guess. So, correct. The 22nd state of the U.S. was actually Alabama. Point number four, the average person takes 11 seconds to count to the number 22. Now, hmm. duly noted, I attempted this today. You know, I'm a nine-second man myself. So, to each their own, I'm just saving, you know, two seconds. You do seem always to be quicker than other people. That's right. So sometimes they call me Quick Draw McGee or McGraw. McGraw. But, yeah, uh, seemed, I mean, that's a half a second per count. I don't know. I mean, to each your own, it's like I said, nine, nine seconds is what it took me. You'll have to try that after sometime. Uh, point number five, in 2008, a world record was set for the most people riding a skateboard with 22 people appearing on a skateboard in a Weezer music video. One skateboard. One skateboard. 22 people. Now, it was a pretty big skateboard. But, oh, I remember that video now because yeah. I remember them setting that that world record. They did it on purpose. That's an intelligent. I mean, think about it. I just watched some of the music video today solely because I found that. Wasn't it the Beverly Hills music video? I actually don't remember the song because I had my music off on it, <laughs> but I saw the video and it was. I mean, still impressive to break Guinness World Book of Record. Um, point number six. Is it, do you think there's a record that you could do? 
Oh, there has to be. There's so many of them. Actually, funny story. At one point in time, I was going to attempt the longest, or I forget what the exact wording was, but basically to throw myself on the farthest because I had it all planned out. I had a downhill slope. I had an old junky cell phone that was going to be perfect for throwing. I mean, had some good weight to it. Hopefully wouldn't shatter when it hit the ground. You know, one of the OGs of cellular phones. Close to that, I think it was a Sony Ericsson, to be honest. But, yeah, it, it would have been, to me, it would have been perfect. So, yeah, that's the one I was thinking about breaking. What about you? I mean, you got to be uh, able to break one. Maybe uh, Nuggets in a 20-minute span. Mo- that's a long time. I know. I did 8.56 a couple weeks ago Ooh, in I, 20 minutes, and I could have done it faster. That's impressive. 56 is a lot of I didn't speaking. tell you about that? No. That's yeah, the first they, I've heard. Some people at work were like, this, first off, this girl that weighs maybe 105 pounds. Yeah. I was like, ah, I can eat 50 nuggets. And I was like, you could barely eat 10. So Let's be honest. And she was like, I bet I can eat 50. I said, I bet you couldn't. This was like 50 a 50 is a lot of nuggets, bro. 50 was a lot of nuggets. I probably could have thrown down 70. Yeah. Uh, but and I paid for it. felt like garbage. Yeah. Actually, I probably could have gotten more than 70 because I ate 56. And I didn't feel terrible. Yeah. I actually didn't. I just went to the bathroom later. Who's it? What's the point, though, that you die from eating too many nuggets? Uh, I actually read something. It was like some guy ate, like, he ate a bunch. It was like over 300 or something. <laughs> Death by nugget. Is that yeah. what? That, that doesn't sound, you know. But, well, I mean, it's kind of cool going out that way. But people were like, oh, man, I, can, I don't think I can eat that many chicken nuggets. Well, then the other question was, yeah. what kind of dipping sauce did you use? Well, what company was it? I mean, It was McDonald's. Mm. You know what? I'm not a big... McDonald's nugget guy. I don't ever eat nuggets. That's yeah. the I ate more nuggets in that sitting than I had my entire life from McDonald's. Wow. I just get a burger every time I go there. Right. Yeah, I don't get many nuggets there. But so what was the consensus answer? I'd probably I mean their honey mustard is not phenomenal to me. You want me to tell you what I ate with it? Barbecue was good. You you're a ranch guy. I am. And yeah. guess what I ate with it? Nothing. Oh I ate them dry. Man. Oh, Really wasn't bad, dude, because you're eating yeah. them so fast. That's a good point. Probably you're eating them so you. fast, like it, if you ate dipping sauce with it, like if I'm eating the nuggets just regular, right? First off, those nuggets are very underrated. They got the grilled nuggets from Chick Fil A on there. Have you had those? Haven't had them. They are very good, actually. They're seasoned really good. Yeah. The mac and cheese, I think we need to try again because everyone keeps telling me that that place or that their mac and cheese is the best mac and cheese they've had. When we had that, it, wait. When you we had it, best? I was maybe maybe they're talking fast food, but I keep hearing yeah, people please. talk about how great it is. When me okay. and you got it, we were like, "This is good mac and cheese." Yeah, but it's not something like like we haven't ordered it again since then. I'll say though, I was like you said, I was impressed for a fast food place yes. to have that type of mac and cheese because it was very it was like a creamy cheese. Yeah, it wasn't like a baked cheese, and then also the flavor was good on it. But you just mentioned to me about having some pepper jack cheese, yeah, uh, pepper mac jack and mac and cheese. Oh man, and I've had some pretty. You had, uh, when you went to Ate Up a couple of years ago on your birthday, you their told me about... mac and cheese was good. Yeah, some mac and cheese there. So Mike and cheese. Oh. Their stuff is phenomenal. Have to compete for it. So but, to, to me, like, it's like you can't say best mac and cheese. You got to put the caveat of yeah. best fast food mac and cheese. But like when we got it, we were we both said the exact same thing you just said. Like, oh, it's pretty good. Right. It's like not something I'm going to write home about. No, because it's, I mean, I feel like with mac and cheese, what can you really do? 
I mean, it's all about ingredients and then you're in a fast food. My, my thought is there's no way they're making that individual to serve. No. So they're making monstrous batches of that or they're just having noodles ready with, I don't know. So to me, it's not impressive. I don't know. But yeah, it's it's solid. So 56 nuggets, bro. That's pretty impressive. In, in like probably 20 minutes. We're going to have to look up. 20 minutes seems long though. I think you're yeah. going to have to speed that up. I would definitely have to. Yeah. But I feel like I could get close at least. Go with the Joey Chestnut motto and, and dip those bad boys in water. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just get them nice, soak them, slide them in, drop them down. Slide them in, drop them down. Yeah. But I think we should attempt, for beef's beef's sake, we should attempt to break a world record. That would be pretty cool to do. So let's do some research. Do you remember the, the Robin Big episode where they did that? Where they both attempted to break one? I think... You know, thanks for ruining the rest of my intro. No no big deal or anything. Oh, did I really? No, you didn't ruin it. But there will be a segment where it's amazing that we haven't talked about Robin Big on any of our episodes ever before. And the one episode that I'm going to talk about him, you randomly mention him. That is kind of crazy. Yeah. It's, it's how it's always happened, though. So proceed. But it's because we both had the same thought where that Weezer video with the big skateboard made us think of the World Guinness World Book Records, which <laughs> made Rob and uh, Big Black break those records. So that's didn't, that's where that correlation didn't is. Didn't they break like 12 of them? Well, we'll find out. You know what I'm saying? There's a little bit more to come. Uh, but... Got to give a shout out to 22 Jump Street. Could have done 21 Jump Street last week, but I don't know if you know this. That movie was actually filmed on a real campus. It was filmed on Tulane's campus, which I did not know that is in an underrated city, New Orleans. New Orleans, classic. Great, been there a couple of times. Great city. A lot, lot of crime. I wonder how many people would have known that that was in New Orleans. I don't know. I'm intrigued to see as well too. Let us know. Did you know that yeah, Tulane, did you know that Tulane was in New Orleans? Now, I knew that because my good friend Morgan Wilder's sister went there for a little bit. And then also being down there, um, there was some mention of Tulane while I was there. So I knew that because Louisville used to play him in the Conference USA. It's a good point. But the other thing that's underrated about that, underrated city, underrated food scene in that city, underrated i guess technically is it a mascot or what what would you call them the green the wave? green wave right but what that's not a mascot a logo yeah logo i think is right but that's come on you're not beating a wave bro you know what i'm saying like if the wave wants to it's taking you for a ride brother depending on where you're at yeah and it's not just any wave it's a green wave now i i don't know much about the colors of waves but that doesn't sound enjoyable to me like red wave maybe is even worse than green wave blue wave you know that's an average i don't think wave. anything's gonna be worse than a brown wave though oh that's a good point yeah brown wave is probably not enjoyable i'm probably doing my best to avoid the brown wave you know yellow wave is at least better than the brown wave but you know hey hey man i'm out of here at that point so shout out to 22 jump street you know, maybe which one was better, twenty one Jump Street or twenty two Jump Street? Uh, I would say twenty two. Really? Yeah, twenty two had some better quotes in it. I liked them both, and the original was solid too. But yeah. it's kind of like when you watch it again, it's kind of like now nah, I know why they did a remake. It was good enough to do that, but the new one. I know you're a big Channing uh, Tatum fan as well too. So. He is pretty funny actually. I know you're probably trying to make a joke, but no, I wasn't no, yeah, joking. I, good. I thought you just had the man crush on him. You know, that's that's not a joke. But um, on to point number seven, 
Um, shout out to former President John F. Kennedy. I don't know if you know this, but he was assassinated on November 22nd. Really? That's mind-blowing. Yeah, that is mind-blowing. And uh, that was 1963. He was the 35th president, and he was shot at the age of 46. So some additional fun facts for you there, for all those listeners, especially Parker, who loves this segment. Um, point, Point number eight. I don't know if you know this, but a million dollars in $100 bills would weigh almost 22 pounds. Now, you know, I'm going to say this on air. Hey, man, please don't ask me how I know that. You know what I'm saying? But I'm I'm just letting you know. Google's a heck of a thing. No, you know what I'm saying. Speaking of uh, Bay earlier, there's my Maria Taylor on the TV. I didn't, you know what? I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I get confused. I'm not great with names. And so Carrie Champion and Maria Taylor, I get mixed up with names on Did occasion. you see her? Yeah, oh, I saw her. I ever, both both I, of them are very pretty. I ever tell you the story about seeing her? Not that I, I feel remember. like I have. It was in Orlando for the Louisville-Alabama game. Yeah. So, like, to get to your seat, you have to walk. Like, the tunnel to come out of the locker room yeah. is in the same tunnel that you walk through to get up to your seats. Okay. So, like, underneath the seats, it's weird, man. You just, I guess you just kind of have to see it. But they had the part that comes out of the locker room, like, fit, gated off. Yeah. So, like, you have to walk up and then walk up the stairs next to the tunnel. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm like walking up and I see a big old crowd and I realize like, oh, that's where we're going to come out of the locker room at. Right. Well, then I look over and Maria Taylor's standing right there. <laughs> so the crowd was for Maria Taylor? No, we were about to come out oh. <laughs> for warm-ups. Uh, I mean, based our, on what you were saying, I thought it was believable. Some of our players started to come out and I see Maria Taylor. And you know how they explain like pregnant women that like just have a glow? Yeah. I promise to God, dude, Maria Taylor had a glow, and I was just you know I was that's mesmerized. a compliment, but I don't know if she would take it like that when you mentioned pregnant women before that. And no, then... it's just something to give an example of, like when they say people glow, right? Like that's that you always. She literally, it was, dude, it was amazing. She looked like an angel, right? That's that's impressive. Sounds like man, you you've thought about this a lot lately. Lately, yeah. No, mm. I thought of it a lot though. Yeah, I could see that. Um, oh, was she fairly tall? That's Carrie Champion's really um, tall, isn't Rhea she? Rhea Taylor's probably five ten, five eleven. She's she's kind of tall. It's good size. Um, we'll go on to our. I think next she used one. to play volleyball. Volleyball, I can yeah. see it. But I mean, both of them, most of those people have an athletic background of some some type. I mean, they're pretty dedicated to the work. Think about they're traveling all over the country. They're working long, late hours. Uh, on holidays away from their family. I, I respect a lot of these sportscasters, and I don't know if they get enough credit. Sometimes they get more hate than they get credit, sometimes by myself. So yes, got to give them a little bit of love on here. Um, but 22 minutes is actually the average runtime of a 30-minute TV show because of commercials and all of that nonsense. See, I always thought it was around like 26. I thought so as well, because if you've watched some on Hulu or Netflix or whatever, but I think they discounted or, or did not count the uh, intro to a lot of those, as well as some additional stuff. But yeah, I watch, uh, I was telling you about one of the shows I watched recently, they've got on TV, and they've got it uncut with no commercials in it, which is insane to me. How can you have TV shows with no commercials? And it's 26 minutes. But the average one is supposed to be 22 minutes. Um, also, this was what we referenced previously. 
but Rob Deerdeck has broken 22 Guinness World Records. Jeez. Now, they're all skateboard-related, so that was a thing that I was under the impression when he was breaking records on there. Weren't they more than just skateboard-related? His were all skateboard. Big Blacks were like food stuff. Okay. So that makes sense as to why, because I was like, first of all, I thought it was more. Second of all, I didn't remember them being all skateboard, besides the biggest and longest skateboard. I know that was two of them on there, which is kind of unfair, because that's kind of one. So maybe we need to find that loophole and break that loophole as well, too. That way we get two, and we'll have to do it in beef's beef honor. But little known fact as well, too, the Titanic. You ever heard of the Titanic? Not the movie. Yeah, sorry. The play that just happened on there was ridiculous. Interesting, huh? Yes. Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Winslet. No, not the movie. The Oh, sorry. The yeah. real boat. Jiminy Christmas, man. Uh, the Titanic was traveling at a speed of 22 knots before it crashed into the iceberg. Now, additional fun fact, because if you can't tell, I've been giving you the extra juice today. Oh, don't drop it before you punt it. Yeah. The and then also, try it. not to tackle the guy instead of grabbing the ball. Poor, poor choice on that punter's. Uh, he's probably not going to have a job in the NFL here soon because of nah. that. But fun fact, so Titanic was moving at 22 knots. Okay. And hit an iceberg. Well, you know, I'm bringing the juice. I'm bringing the extra facts. The Titanic was moving at zero knots. I don't know if you knew that, you know, or could calculate that. But... The Titanic won, bro. So sometimes it's not the fastest dog in the fight. Sometimes. You mean the glacier was moving at zero knots? Yeah. You said the Titanic. Well, no, the, second time. the iceberg, I said the second time, didn't I? No, you said Titanic. No, yeah. I think you're confused. But let's be honest, though. What? Jack could have fit on that door. Oh, yeah. And the fact that Rose did that to, to my guy. Yeah. Like, he's sitting down at the bottom of the ocean, dude. You know what else, if we're being honest? Do doors float? Um, I, I guess you know, I've I, never tested it. I don't know. I'm Wood doesn't it seem like it would float to me, or metal, or whatever a door is made out of. So I, I'm calling baloney. Depends on what kind of door it is. I guess back then they were probably using a lot of like cork and stuff. <laughs> and I think like corks doesn't cork float. Well, uh, that's why I thought you were saying it because I think cork does float because yeah. of its density. But I don't, I don't think you know a cork door that seems. Maybe cork board in the middle. Well, I mean, I, th I know a lot of doors were made out of cork there for a while. Really? Yeah. I mean, how you think Rampage punched through that one door? Yeah, sure, but that was a cork door. That's what I'm saying. I think the outsides are, it's like a hollow inside with like cork board in the middle or something to make it lighter. Shipping, you know, shipping is expensive if you've got a yeah. solid wood door, I'm sure. But yeah, I guess that is a good point. Maybe there was room on there for both of them. But on to number 12. The Paramount Picture logo has 22 stars. Now, there's some speculation as to why. We won't go into that detail, you know, because I only have so many allegedly's I can use today. Uh, point number 13 in both forms of football, you know, your American football and my classic football, um, there should be, keyword should be, 22 players on the field at all times. Now, key on players, 11 per team, 22 Sometimes not so much. Louisville kicked two extra points the other day with 10 people on the field. Really? Yep. Wow. Seems like after you did it once, you would learn. Yeah. And if it goes in, you know, who cares? I'm sorry. They kicked one, but the first time they almost had to do it. Yeah. In both forms of football, 22 people should be on the field, though. So that's one of those forms. And 
I love that you say, I love just me. You don't like soccer either. Love it. No, you don't. Classic. I would say it's just probably. Just let you guys know, when we're off air, BJ bashes soccer just as much as I do. Got to be one of the oldest sports in the history of sports. I think that would be running. Mm. Is that a sport? I mean, that's all they do in soccer. Well, you know, there is a ball, and there's two goals, and there's an individual attempting to prevent you from scoring that goal. You know, legitimacy to Same a thing in running. Your lung capacity is trying to give, trying to keep you from reaching that goal. Internal, internal. So you got an internal goalie, count. dude. Yeah. Well, it is true. Running is very difficult. I'm not very good at running, um, so I guess there's an argument to be made there. That's for a different day. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy, but uh, probably your biggest idol and one of my best friends, uh, Jay Z. He's got a song called Twenty Two Twos. And in that song, he rhymes the word two, two, and two. That's T-O-O, T-O, and T-W-O for all those people who can't see my notes. And he rhymes it 22 times in the first verse. Now, I know what you're thinking. Best, greatest of all time? Just spoke on him last night, actually, and how uh, he's the most overrated rapper of all time. Disrespectful, bro. I don't care if it is disrespectful. It's a fact. That's not a fact. Eminem's probably in that conversation. Anyways, uh, last one for you. I can tell you're having a blast during this segment. No, I'm just trying to save my voice. That's good. You'll you'll need it. Um, in French jargon, 22 is a warning that the police are on the way. So if you're ever in France and somebody yells 22, you know what I'm saying? You better get out of there, bro, because I don't know how the French police react, but... You know what? They're probably not bringing the wine and cheese. Okay? Yeah. So get out of there. Now we'll go to your favorite segment, Who Am I? And you did pretty well. You held Parker out last week. We went four for four as a team is what we'll say. I get some contributing factors there. Okay? I, you I only you. win if I don't get one. Oh, no. You don't want me to do that. That would not be fair for all of us at home. But... I think you can get both of these today. Now, I'm going to tell you one of them. You're really going to have to put your thinking cap on, but I think you'll be more than capable of getting it. So we'll start with the first one. Hint number one. By the way, I've got eight hints on each of these today since we're doing two of them. Number one, born in, I'm going to pronounce this probably incorrectly, but Yulee, Florida. Hint number two, listed as 6'3", 247. I mean, that, that's a big dude right there. Yes. 6'3", 247, solid muscle. Hint number three, his grandmother raised him, and in 2018 he upheld a promise to her of graduating college, and he actually graduated with a bachelor's degree in communications. So dropping the extra fun facts for you once again. I think I already know this. Really? Yeah. I, I am, would be impressed if you did. Well, I guess with the number. Don't forget, they wear number 22. Or are most known for wearing number 22. That's the best hint you've got so far of this. Hint number four. He actually holds the national high school football record for most rushing yards. I didn't know that one. That's pretty impressive to me. So, born in Yulee, Florida, 6'3", 247, raised by his grandmother, college degree in communications, high school record for rushing yards. Hint number five. 
He was drafted 45th overall in the 2016 NFL Draft. And bonus hints for you, or info, he signed a four-year, $5.4 million contract with a $2.1 million signing bonus, and $3.3 million was guaranteed money. I take it. But there was some other individuals who signed much bigger contracts in that, obviously. 44 of them to be exact. Um, on to hint number six. We're getting to the nitty-gritty. He was actually listed as the backup running back for the first two years of his college and NFL career. Now, later on as my bonus hints, I'll tell you who he was a backup to, and I think that'll help the listeners at home as well. Or maybe you will give that information if you do know who it is. Hint number seven. He was the first NFL player to record a 200-plus yard four-touchdown game with fewer than 22 carries. Now, I want to let, let that resonate a little bit. 200-plus yards rushing, four touchdowns, 21 or fewer carries. That's pretty impressive. Hint number eight, and final hint before the bonus hint, and this is key. He led the NFL in rushing yards this season, and he tied with Aaron Jones for the most rushing touchdowns in the 2019 NFL season. Who am I? Now, before we go to the next one, do you know who he was a backup to in college? Do you remember? You say he led the NFL in rushing this year? Yes, this year. And is obviously <laughs> number 22. And was the 45th overall draft. Uh, I'll give you a bonus hint. He was the second drafted running back in the 2016 NFL draft. 6'3", 247, from Florida. See, I thought I knew it, but I didn't. Because I, I, misheard, I misheard you in the very beginning. Uh-oh. Because I thought you said 2003 when he graduated college. No. So that was where I misheard you at. Um. Oh man, that's kind of tough. He graduated in 2018, but I can tell you he was an NFL player when he graduated. So 2016, he led the NFL in rushing this year. Yep. Tied for most touchdowns, most rushing touchdowns with Aaron Jones. Where's the number 22? Obviously, as a starting running back now in the league. Um. That high school rushing yards, I don't think, helps you in this no. case. Let, okay, let me give you the players who he backed up. In college, he backed up a guy by the name of T.J. Yeldon. In NFL, his first two years, he backed up a guy by the name of DeMarco Murray. See, this is who I thought it was, but I didn't realize he got drafted in 2016. Yeah. Seems like he's been there longer. I feel like he's been – I thought he got drafted in 14 or 15. Yeah. This is honestly – after I said the first time I knew it, whenever you said the other stuff, because when you said his size, this is who I thought it was. Yeah. Because the dude is a is humongous. I you remember were kind of off with 2003, though. Well, the, I said after after you said the size, yeah. my mind – and then you said the 2016 draft. I 18. Was, oh, yeah, 2016 draft, 2018 graduate. Sorry. Yeah, when you said that, that was what kind of threw me for a loop. But then I was like – I don't feel like he was drafted in that draft. I feel like he was drafted before that. I know who it is, and I'm going to write it down. And the running back who was drafted before him, I'm on a bonus 
tip today. Drafted before him in 2016? Yes. There was only one. It wasn't Camaro, was it? No. Pretty good running back. Uh, Zeke? Zeke is correct. Ezekiel Elliott was the only running back who was drafted ahead of him in the 2016 draft. So, fun one. I'm glad I mean, you this could... is correct? Yes. All right. I think your spelling was a little off there, but, you know, we'll still count it. No, All good. No big deal. On to number two. Born in Columbus, Ohio. Okay. Hint number two. Listed as 6'6", 215. It's a pretty good size. Yeah. You know, he's no 6'3", 247, but... Add, add some height, take away some weight, different sport. Hint number three, his first major purchase, and this, this one I like, his first major purchase after signing his big NBA contract, so not his first contract, but his big NBA contract, was a church building for his father, and that was in Columbus, Ohio. Now, fun additional fact while I'm adding the bonus facts, that church was named Philadelphia Deliverance Church of Christ. Now, I'm just saying, you know, there's something to that. I don't know what it is, but naming a church Philadelphia in Columbus, good man. Uh, point number four, he played for two NBA franchises in his career. Now, I'm going to tell you this right now. You'll really only remember him from one NBA franchise, but technically he did play for two. Um, and he did get minutes with both teams, but I know him for one franchise and one franchise only. Point number five. In 2005, he had a chance to play with your favorite player of all time, LeBron James in Cleveland. LeBron James. But he turned down that offer to make more money and stay with his current team. Now, I was very excited when I heard that there was a chance that the Cavs were going to sign him. And also very disappointed when it, the deal fell through. Hint number six. He was drafted in the second round of the 2000 NBA draft, more specifically the 43rd overall pick in the NBA draft in 2000. Hint number seven. In the FIBA qualifying tournament for the 2008 Olympics, he actually broke Penny Hardaway's record for most threes made in the FIBA Americas tournament, as well as most three-pointers made in one game. I got it. Now, very surprising. I'm impressed that you got it off that one. But very surprising to me that he broke Penny's record. Like, how was Penny holding the most threes out of that tournament? He's one of my favorite Olympic players ever. Good answer. Also one of my favorite players just in general. One of the most underrated players. Kind of got hurt a little early. Early, Well, that's why he was with the second team. Yeah. I'm trying to think who the second team would even be. I feel like I remember him going to the second team, but I don't really remember him playing. I'll give you the bonus hint later. But clearly he's a three-point shooter. And hint number eight, final hint. Here's his resume. Surprisingly enough, he's only a one-time NBA All-Star. Now, that was in the year 2004. He was also, or is also, fourth on the list of all-time scoring for his most known NBA franchise. He previously held the record for most three-point field goals made in a corner, and that was eight of them, before... Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson broke it in 2015. Now, he was also an All-Big Ten athlete his junior year. He left college after his junior year. 
his high-scoring NBA game was 57. I honestly didn't know that. That's very you impressive. Say in college? No, NBA. Oh, uh, that seems about right. I don't know. 57 is a lot of points, man. I know. I we... felt like if he'd have shot it every time in that Olympic game that he went off, that he could have had 57. Yeah. Because I remember one game. I don't remember who it was against, but I remember one game in particular where it was every person just gave him the ball. Yeah. He came across half court and he was shooting it. That was the shortened three-point line, and he never shot off the dribble in that either. That's I, like you said, it was all assists. I would honestly say that he and Carmelo are two of the better Olympic players that we've had. Those two on the court at the same time were lethal as far as offensively. Now defensively, yeah. not, not the greatest duo you could have in the world. Yes. But let me finish this one out. He uh, His high-scoring game was 57 against the Utah Jazz in 2006. Now, fun fact, that's actually a franchise record as well, too. So, pretty impressive when you think about some of the players who have played for that franchise. Especially right now. And then finally, 2008 gold medal winner with the Olympics. Now, that team we were talking about is the Milwaukee Bucks. So, you're talking about the likes of Oscar Robinson. You're talking about... um, Ray Allen. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Ray Allen. Tony Kukoc actually played there for a little while. Sam Cassell, Glenn Robinson. Sam, I am. So the big dog. So you you've got Didn't, some uh, Kareem play there too. Yeah. So Kareem yeah. did as well. You've had some some really good players play there. I think he was actually Lou Alcindor when he played there. Yeah, I think you're right. But I'm I might be incorrect on that. So pretty good ones in my opinion. That one was the thinking cap one for the people at home. I knew you'd be able to get it. Um, what was the addition? He's actually one of my like underrated favorite players. I agree. So oh, by the way, second team he played for. He actually played with Steve Nash, I believe. It might have been right after or right before Steve Nash. Phoenix Suns. I did not I see I don't remember that. Yeah. I can it was actually around the time Shaq, Amari, and Nash played there, but I genuinely don't remember who was on that team. It was like you said, he had some knee injuries and that's what ended up helping him leave the original franchise, Milwaukee Bucks. But who's the first one? first one is running is running back from Alabama. That's right. Um, 22nd state in the U.S. Yeah. He actually um, – the part when I realized how big he was was when he was standing next to Mark Ingram. Really? When he was playing for Alabama. Yeah. And he towered over Mark Ingram. Uh, but it's uh, Derrick Henry. That's correct. And then number two, I actually got it – I started to kind of figure out some of it when you were saying Columbus and all that stuff. So I figured he was an Ohio State guy. Yeah. So I was kind of getting, okay, who's Ohio State guy? And then you said something right before the FIBA one. I can't remember what the hint was right before the FIBA one. But that's the one that once you said FIBA, uh, I was like, oh, yep, that's it. Yeah. that's Honestly, for me, I was amazed that he was only a one-time All-Star because of, like you said, what what he contributed to teams. He was a primary scorer for those Buck teams. And then, obviously, what he did on Team USA was phenomenal. Yes. Uh, the draft pick, he was second round, 43 overall. Yeah. Was that maybe the one that helped you? Yeah, that 2000, helped me too. 2000 draft class. Yeah, so uh, the second one is uh, Michael Red. Michael Red. Shout out. Both, I think, actually, both players only wore 22 in their career. Uh, Michael Red might have changed when he went to Phoenix. I shouldn't say that because I don't recall. I think he actually might have been 12 at Phoenix or 16, but I don't think he was any. He was 22 any longer. Yeah. 
But I had another couple of options. Had a guy by the name of Emmett Smith. Could yeah, have, could have gone with. Had a if guy you, by the name. Here's the thing: of, if you'd have said Emmett Smith where he was from, I probably would have gotten that one. Texas somewhere, right? No, he's from he's from Florida, mm. but I can't. Fort Myers, I think. Okay. If you'd have said it, I would have known it because there was a guy that was a contractor for us. He was a truck driver. Yeah. And he used to come in and talk about Emmett Smith all the time being from there. Really? Because Roy Jones Jr. is from there as well. Okay. Yeah, I think Roy is from Florida, so you might be correct on that. And then uh, NBA could could have gone with a guy by the name of Clyde the Glide Drexler. Not a, not a bad one. Um, or your boy, James Jones. Oh, Jimmy. <laughs> but, yeah. Another week where there was a couple of great options, so I'm gl- I'm glad we could get two fun ones. In my opinion, with Derrick Henry winning what he won this year as far as making the playoffs, leading the league in rushing touchdowns, and leading the league in rushing yards, you got to give him the nod and, and show him a little bit of respect. Yeah, put some respect on his name. That's right. So, uh, last week ended my streak of... Uh... Me taking the Patriots in my lock and them winning. Womp, womp, womp. Yeah, we really, uh, well, you would say crap the bed. I didn't have a good, that, that was probably my worst week out of the high picks uh, I've had so far. Yeah, you should go back to just picking one. Well, Parker's not here to agree with me this week, and I think that was the jinx. Because everyone that Parker agreed with me on, we missed. Yeah, that's what he said. I solely blame it on Parker. It was not my doing at all. It's just solely Parker. So there's only one way, uh, to get back on a streak whenever you miss it. That's right. To take them again. That's right. So I'm taking the Patriots. We're five-point favorites over the Titans, and I'm taking us. Speaking of your boy Derrick Henry. You know, just like I stole Parker's picks last week, that that could be a little bit of a sign of what's to come. I'll go over my picks, though, because if you remember, I had eight of them last week. And I went four for eight. Lost on the Brooklyn Nets over the Knicks. Lost on the Mavs over the Spurs now Mavs actually beat the Spurs but they didn't cover the six and a half they only won by four was right on both of my college football games took Notre Dame who you said was not going to cover the spread over Iowa State I don't remember if I did say that but I wouldn't be surprised if I did oh you said that and then Michigan State three and a half point favorites over Wake Forest which took two losses this week did you see the second loss they took who Wake Forest yeah Jamie Newman I'm very interested to see where he's going to go this year because you look at this year's college um, scope of things look at the transfers who have played key roles on their teams like a guy by the name of Joe Burrows but let's be honest though man Jamie Newman's not on a level with some of those guys (laughs) I mean that guy Justin Fields that guy succeeded because he was in an offense that was tailored perfectly for him I think he's good, though. I think he can go to a team and contribute. I don't know why, but I feel like he's going to go to a uh, Pac-12 team. Is that what they're called now, or Pac-10 still, yeah. whatever they're Pac-12. called? Pac-12. Yeah. And let's be honest, outside of Clemson, he had the best receiving core in the, in the ACC. Well, until they got hurt. Once Surratt got hurt, that yeah, that slowed down a little bit. So but, that's what I'm saying. I feel like that helped him a lot. I, I mean, who needs a quarterback? It's I don't know. Right. I don't know how many places are open next year. That's uh, I'll be interested to see once again where he goes, but I think he could be a nice little piece to not not a team that's co- competing, bless you, for the playoffs, but I think a team competing for a uh, bowl game for sure. He, he could go. Because think about, why is he leaving Wake Forest? He's going to try to either A, boost his NFL draft projection, 
or B, he's trying to get into a bigger bowl game or play for something more meaningful, right? You don't just leave Wake Forest when they won, what, eight games this year? Yeah, and they won a lot last year too, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say a lot, but I think they were a bowl, bowl team as well. So, yeah, two, two losses this week. Now, I also missed uh, both of my football games. I had the Cleveland Browns as two-point favorites over the Bengals, which, remember, I told you both of these made no sense to me. And so what, what did I do? Uh, I didn't take the Matt Mullen special, and I said, nope, I'm going to go with what I think. Cleveland Browns, two-point favorites at Cincinnati. There was no way that Cincinnati was going to win that game. Oh, shocker, they won by 10. And then the Bills and the Jets game, 13-6, to six, guys. That's what we're going to do? I put money on both of those, so uh, I don't really feel too bad for you. Yeah, yeah, and I don't, I don't expect sympathy. I'm just saying I'm, I'm going to learn from this eventually, and one of these times I'm going to go with when I think it's way too much, take the opposite side of that coin. Now, did also hit very heavily, no pun intended, uh, Fedor beating Rampage. I don't know if you saw that. First time that Rampage has ever tapped out due to punches. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Pretty nasty. Right right hand, right to the nose. And I'm pretty sure his nose broke. But no blood or anything. He just went down like a sack of potatoes and was done. And then uh, Kayla Harrison becoming a millionaire and winning the PFL championship over Larissa Pacheco. Uh, so was right on both of those. Now this week I'm going to dial it down a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I need to hit one of these parlays for the people because the people at home are betting on what my picks are. And They're, they probably just picked the opposite of what you picked. Well, that's not been going well for them lately because if you remember, I've been doing really well. Now last week, once again, 50%, I'm going to increase my odds on it. Whoa, nice shot there, bro. Thank you. Um, I'm also going to take the Patriots. What did you say you had their spread as? Five. So when I saw it earlier this week, it was four and a half. So I'm taking, because I saw it earlier this week, I'm taking the four and a half Patriots over the Titans. I'm also, and that's that's a home game for them as well, too. Yep. So stop Derrick Henry, shut down Tannehill, beat the brakes off the Titans. Now, I'm also going to take the Texans over that team who beat me last week. Uh, Texans are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Bills. I think that is going to be a lower-scoring game. You know, the Bills, nobody's really put up a ton of points on them this year. I think it's going to be a close game because it's a low-scoring game. I think the Bills are going to have a chance at the end. With that being said, I think the Texans cover that two-and-a-half-point spread. Um, I'm also going to take the Cincinnati Bearcats. Seven-point favorites over Boston College in the bowl game. What do you think of that pick? Uh, I like it. Good. Um, and then I'm also additionally going to take the Portland Trailblazers, four-point favorites over the Knicks. Mello's first game back in Madison Square Garden. I think Mello has – that didn't sound good. I think Mello has a decent night. And uh, I think the Trailblazers, who have not had a great season, right the ship with a win over the Knicks. So I don't know if you've noticed a common theme. I'm getting back at those teams who beat me this week. <laughs> getting back at the Knicks, I'm getting back at the Bills both. Just getting back at the state of New York. That's right. So, Jay-Z. Uh, I forgot to, to mention something about this, but we can't have an episode today and not mention David Stern. Um, R.I.P. Yeah. 
I mean, that was kind of crazy. It came out of nowhere. Really, I mean, it didn't really come out of nowhere. I didn't expect it today. Right. I mean, he did have a brain hemorrhage uh, on the 17th of December. But I watched the uh, Jeremy Shap thing about it. Did you see that? No. It's like a dedication. Uh, oh, Charlie just ate the stink bug, bro. I know it's still down there, but he got he did bite it. It's the, yeah, it's still down there. But um, Charlie, get that protein, brother. <laughs> he heard you say his name, so now he's not even paying attention to the bug. I know. But some of the best things in NBA history have happened or did happen under his tutelage, I guess you would say. Yeah, he's the reason why the NBA is where it is today, as far as being an international game. Yeah, I mean, putting NBA players in the Olympics was for two reasons. One, because we were starting to lose because other teams were using professionals. And two, because he wanted to make it an international game. Right. Um, I think it was probably 50-50 of that. I would say 60-40, but maybe even 70-30. But, yeah, I agree. And, I mean, some of the best players that have ever played this game were drafted under under his time as well. So, like, when you hear their draft... You know, their name being mentioned during the draft. You know, you got, like, Michael Jordan, you know, LeBron James. You know, player, two of the best players of all time were had their name called by David Stern. So, I mean, there's just a lot of good things that happened during his time that, I don't know, to me he's the best commissioner that there ever was in any professional sport. Haven't heard a lot of people say negative things about him. I think uh, Silver's doing a great job of following the uh... – the precedent that he set, with that being said, yeah, there, there probably won't be another David Stern. I, I even think back to, you know how they put their name on the NBA ball, the Spalding yeah, ball? It just doesn't I, look right. I don't know why. I just remember when that change was being made. Like you said, the, the ball did not look right. And now it's become, I mean, think about it. That's been how many years? Eight years now? It's crazy if it's been that long. I don't know the exact year, so I'm just throwing a number out there. But it's it. I feel like it's been longer than what we're expecting that Adam Silver has been um, the commissioner. Yeah. It's um. I have heard one person say something bad about him. Who I'm trying to think if I remember. I don't know. Tony Robinson. <laughs> he did not today. He did not today. Good. But he has in the past talked trash about David Stern because David Stern spurned that Chris Paul trade. Yeah. So. Which I think ended up working out okay for Tony. I don't think he should be too worried about it. I don't know. But he does always bring that up. Yeah. But. Well, legitimately so. I mean, I would be disappointed with that as well, too. Uh, Last week we talked about the uh, Louisville and Kentucky game that happened on uh, Saturday. Louisville went to Lexington. Uh, dug themselves a hole in the first half. Um, missed a lot of free throws. Left 11 points on the free throw line. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Wara played. Kentucky did not. Yeah, Kentucky made, I felt like, every free throw. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Wara played his worst game of the season. Which you called, by the way. I don't want to put that on you, but. I just, I said that he hadn't showed up in big games outside of Michigan. Right. And hopefully this would be a, ch- a change. But it wasn't. Um I don't know. It to me, as bad as this sounds, and I hate being that guy. To have everything that had happened, to have two guys have career scoring nights, and another guy have a career rebounding night. Yeah. Which I also jinxed this with, if you remember that. Yeah. Because I brought up that he had zero rebounds against Ohio State. Right. 
and then he has a career record or a career rebounding uh, game. To have all three of those things and to be down 12 at halftime on the road in one of the toughest places to play. Right. Come back. Not only come back to tie, but to take the lead and put it into overtime with your best player being on the bench when you make that run. To me, that showed me that if we can get Jordan Ward to get his head out of his behind, and even if you make half of the free throws you miss, you win that game. Yeah. So. If and buts. Still, you can't miss free throws yes. on a road game against a elite or a good team and expect to win. No. It's not going to happen. But there were some good things that we could take out of that. Fresh Kimball played the best game that he's played in a Louisville uniform. Yeah. He had a couple of great drives and finishes with his left hand. Uh, Stephen Enoch showed up in a big way as well. Uh, yeah, I would have gone to him a little bit more at the end of the game. I there. agree. I agree. I mean, that's not on the coach either. That's that's on the players. Like, to me, part of being a player of that level and that caliber is understanding situational things. And I also think feeding the hot hand type of deal where when he hits that step over, step through the middle, over his right shoulder, left-handed half hook in Richard's face, you got to go back to him. And yeah. Richard's being in foul trouble yeah. and being a key – player in the game because think about it, if they lose richards who's is montgomery their center i mean he had four as well too so who do you put at the center position keon brooks uh no show didn't have a good game and he's not a center anyways yeah i mean but all that being said i feel pretty good about our team right with having all of that and still should have won and had a chance to win down the stretch so I never like to lose. I never like my team to lose. But it's one of those games you'll learn from. Uh, there's definitely stuff you could take from it to to get better with. And that's by far the worst shooting. That's by far the worst shooting we've had at the free throw line all season. Yeah, impressive game by a couple of people like you mentioned to have all of the speculation that you can't hit shots with Maxi coming in and playing a big game. He's the opposite of Noor, where he's stepped up big in these big games. Uh, now, coming off of two losses, you had a feeling that Kentucky was going to do whatever it would take to right the ship. Coming up against an opponent like Louisville, I, I did not expect it to be this game. I expected it to be a third loss in a row. But uh, I don't think this game has any implications on what could happen in the tournament if they meet again. Yeah, I think, like you said, a lot of things went the right way for Kentucky. Uh, I will say that the refereeing was not great for the day, but it had nothing to do with leaning one side or the other. To Here's the thing. Off. First half, it was Kentucky. The second half, it was Louisville. Yeah. The referees helped us get back in that game. Well, it just wasn't a greatly officiated game, which yeah. is it's very tough, man. I, I Once again, I, I would never want to be a ref. But anybody who says that the referees cost one of those teams the game or helped one of those teams, to me, doesn't make any sense. No. Um, but Louisville's got Florida State on Saturday. Uh, it's a home game, so it would be good to be back in the Yum Center. Oh. Uh, I haven't seen them play since my birthday, so be good to see them play again in person. North Carolina got a big win, beat Yale, which honestly I did not expect. I don't know if you saw, but the spread was like five and a half or six, and I, I did not expect them to win that game. Now, they didn't cover that spread because they only won by three, but that Yale team, I'm telling you, if you look at the three losses before 
this game. They're two really good teams. And once again, I'm going to say it again on air, that San Francisco team, that's a team that if, if your team plays them, you better come ready to play because you see San Francisco and you go, oh, yeah, they're going to be junk. Trust me. You don't want to sleep Did you on want to play San- them or something? No. It, it's just a team I've watched a couple of times this year, and I've, I've looked at their record, and I've also seen them. I, I think they'll contend for WCC second place. Wow. Yeah, not, not for first place. but Yeah. But we'll see how it goes. Uh, by the way, a little – Record watch here. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is 28 yards away from getting 2,000 yards again. Really? For the third straight year. Did Shea Patterson break uh, Harbaugh's record or whatever, move up on the spot? Was it uh, I'm not sure. I was flipping between that and the Auburn game. So, if he did, I didn't see it. I saw that mentioned, but it was funny that he was going to knock his uh, head coach down a notch. I think it was rushing yards, right, for a quarterback? Nah, I couldn't even tell you. Uh, Don't so- step over people. Yeah. Okay, just remember that. You're not Allen Iverson. But uh, wanted to mention our bowl games. Uh, I'll let you speak on yours first. I did text you about yours the other day, and you were like, wait, are you talking about our bowl game? And I was like, No, yeah. that's the first thing I said to you. You, I think you said, wow, or something like that. And yeah. I, I was at work, but so after I got out of work, I text you and I put score of the game, right? And you said, yes, sir. Yeah, because it popped up, the ESPN notification popped up, and I was like, holy cow. Yeah. Because you and I were both, like, we both expect North Carolina to win, but it should be a good game. Yeah, I think it was a six-point spread is what it came down to. Um, I think Temple was a team who played really well earlier on the season, and like a lot of teams fell off at the end of the year. I think part of that was scheduling. You know, they played some tough teams at the end of the year as well, too. But... Either way, it was a game that I wouldn't say uh, was not a team that I wanted to play, but it was a game that you, like you said, expected to be close. So blowout victory is always nice. Uh, Mac put it on them too. I don't know if you saw this, but they went for a fourth down <laughs> at the end of the game when you're wow. blowing a team out. I was kind of disappointed with that, but I was also like, mm, you know, what are you going to do? And then, uh, yeah, they, they put up a ton of points. And they're actually, have you seen this as well, too? They're talking about Sam Howell as being a potential front runner for Heisman next year. No, I didn't see that, no. <laughs> Shocking to me. You just, the face you just made there was, you know, it was almost I like I mean, with the players that nuggets. are coming back, Yeah, I don't see that. Daz Newsom. And uh, you'll have two good running backs, Carter and I forget the other gentleman's name. So uh, offensively, they'll have some firepower. But I, I get what you're saying. There's some other guys in the mix who. So um, did you go back and watch your all's game? I watched it live. Oh, uh, did you? I was okay. down in Georgia because I drove down Friday night. Yeah, Saturday was Saturday was a great day for sports, man. Like it really doesn't get much better than that. You had. Um, the two bowl games. The two playoff games, yeah. Yeah, playoff games. Excuse me, not bowl games. You had UofL and Kentucky. You had Notre Dame. Um, yeah, Wisconsin-Tennessee right before our game in yeah. basketball. What's, did No, no, no. I, I'm sorry. I was at work on Friday. It was at noon, wasn't it? Our yeah. game was at noon, yeah. So, no, I did not watch it. I actually watched it on the ESPN GameCast Center thingy. Yeah, I was thinking Saturday, but it wasn't Saturday. It was Friday when I was at work. Yeah, uh, so I went down to our bowl game. Uh, some of y'all saw the pictures. I had pretty good seats. Again, uh, we're 2-0 and this year at uh, Nissan Stadium. What are you in games that you've been to? 
this year. Yeah, what's your record for beef being there? Let's see. Lost both to Notre against, Dame. But won both the games at Nissan. Yeah. Uh, at home, let's see. Notre Dame and Clemson both losses. Eastern Kentucky was a win. Yeah, so let's see. Eastern win. Um, Three and two. Syracuse was a win. Virginia Four was two, a win. Five and two. Miami game was away. Yeah. NC State was away. So that's a pretty good record. Yeah, I think we just lost two games, which were the two ranked teams, one's in the playoffs. Right. Actually, one it's in a national championship. Was Wake away? Wake was away, yeah. yeah. Um, trying to think, man, he threw me off a little bit with five, that question. Five and two, I think you're probably right. I oh, think no, that's more than five and two. Cause we oh, yeah, won. the bowl game or the uh, two games that were at Nissan. But yet, yeah, you're maybe six and two then. No, I would have been more than that because I'd have, I went to all the home games, which is six home games. Yeah. So eight total games. Six and two is eight total games. Come on, man. Why is this thing not working? Uh oh. Dang millennials and their daggone phones. Let's look it up. You might be right. It might be six and two. So 0 and 1, 1 and 1, 2 and 1. Three and one, three and two, four and two, five and two, six and two. Yeah, you were right. Six and two. Boom. Six and two on games I went to this year. Pretty impressive. It's a good sign. I think you need to keep going. Basketball games we've won every game I've been to. That's also a good sign. Yeah. Not lost the game that I've been to. So hopefully we can keep that up the whole season. Yeah. And I'll go to the entire tournament if that happens. Not really, unless we get something close. But uh, I, I would probably go down to Atlanta if we make the Final Four. Really? It's yeah. only a six-and-a-half-hour drive, roughly. Yeah, it shouldn't be too bad. No. Um, but um, I went down to the game, ate some good food. We were just talking about the Pepper Jack mac and cheese. Um, started out a little a little scary. Uh, we actually, actually started out really good. We got a three-and-out on Mississippi State. The biggest thing, though, they weren't allowed to have their cowbells, so that was great. Why? It was a bold uh, rule. They couldn't have them. What a, what a great rule. Yes. I was very glad that we did not have to hear it. All right. Uh, we get the ball, drive all the way down the field, and Des Fitzpatrick fumbles the ball on the five-yard line. Right. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And then you could feel all of the air come out of our side. They drive all the way down the field, score a touchdown. Yep. We get a three and out. They drive all the way down the field, score another touchdown. It's 14 and nothing in the first quarter. Yeah. And the like, second touchdown wasn't that beginning of the second quarter? Uh, It might have been, but I know it was I, 14 I think it was technically nothing. beginning of the second quarter. But either way, I get what you're saying, 14-0. So it's 14-0, and uh, it's like, all right, well, we got to do something. Right. So we finally drive down and score. It's 14-7. We kick the ball off. Was con- the, first off, the touchdown that we scored was the two-two Atwell reverse. So I had this lady that was standing or that was sitting next to me. I said standing because we didn't sit the entire game. Yeah, the entire our entire side lower level stood up the entire game. So that was pretty cool. Right. Um, I'm a sitter. I, I like to stand if it's exciting. Right. And it's a bowl game, so it was exciting the whole time. Um, the 
the lady that was next to me was a uh, she was enthusiastic. <laughs> I'll say that, but she did not know what was really going on. Yeah, and uh, she was there to go to Nash Vegas. No, I mean she was she was legitimately cheering and right. she was legitimately into it. But like every run play. Or like this right here, like even if you know someone's going to get bottled up, go, 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 go. Like they're running like a 50-yard run. Right. Or like every time Mississippi State ran the ball, strip him, strip him. <laughs> or like we have to get a stop like it's the end of the world type right. stuff. Just overly yeah. dramatic yes. more so then. So Parker and I both saw this, and I'm sure other people did as well. It's just – that's the only two people I really pay attention to. So I was watching the the setup of our formation. We had two receivers. Our running back, uh, Javian Hawkins, runs out. Kind of like they have two receivers right here. Yeah. Javian Hawkins runs out on the inside of that slot receiver there. Yeah. The slot receiver would have been 2-2. He stepped back after they snapped it. And he threw it to 2-2, and it looked like he was going to get tackled. Exactly like this guy right here. And it's the exact same play. That's What's nuts about this? That's crazy. So, Not a good throw there. No, not, it was not a good throw at all. Well, when they did that, they had Justin Marshall on the other side. Justin Marshall just took off on the other side of the field. Yeah. No one around him. Well, you could tell by the way 2-2 was running when he caught the ball that he was going to throw the ball. He was not running to gain yards. Right. It's kind of like when Parker and I watch a basketball game together, I can see a person that's going to slip a screen, and I can see a person that's going to set a screen. Yeah. It's just the way a person's running or – setting themselves up their movements yes well when he was moving that way i looked up and saw justin marshall wide open and i put my arms up and i'm like yeah and parker did the same thing tutu makes the throw well when tutu still has the ball the woman's like oh crap the bed but doesn't say crap (laughs) and then then he throws the ball and she was like oh my god and i started laughing i was like parker did you hear that and he was like yeah i saw that bill Parker's new girlfriend. I guess. I hear you, Parker. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, pretty much after that, we just dominated the game. We scored 31 unanswered after they scored 14. And just completely put it on them. And it went about 10. But um, it was fun. My first ever ball game, and we got a win. Yeah. It's impressive. Hopefully, you guys get another one next year. I mean, that's what I expect. Now, I don't know if that one will be as close. Yeah. Um, after that, we got uh, the playoffs starting this week in the NFL. That's right. Uh, Which so. should be fun. We we already talked about a couple of games in my locks of the week and your lock of the week. Yeah, I mean, Baltimore's obviously off with uh, San Fran's off. So they both got the buys. Or they both got home field and uh, they've got a buy. Uh, Kansas City's off because we. This is the first time the Patriots have not had a bye since two thousand and nine. That's right. Um, it's what's crazy though is the NFC playoff. Yeah. Who is it? Uh, New Orleans and uh, who's New Orleans playing? Minnesota. Minnesota is the best combined record for a wild card game ever. And those are two teams that I I don't think the Vikings as much so, but both teams could compete for a uh, Lombardi trophy. Absolutely. I definitely think the the Saints could. I don't know if the Vikings could because of their quarterback play. 
Right. I think they have every other. Their defense is good enough. Their wide receiver, their wide receiver core is good enough when they're healthy, and they have an elite running back. Dix and Thielen are both very good. Uh, they've got a really good receiving uh, tight end in Irv Smith and in Kyle uh, Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph. But Irv Smith, to me, is more of a receiver than a tight end, even though he plays that position. Um, but, yeah, once again, health is an issue. Dalvin Cook is the real deal. Yeah. I and mean, he, he was up there and leading uh, the NFL and rushing for a long time. But that, that should be my highlight game of the week. Yeah, it should be a good one. Um, I was on my way back from Qdoba just a little bit ago, and they were playing a clip from one of the national radio shows, uh, Golik and Wingo. Yeah, and uh, one of the guys on there said that the Titans will beat the brakes off of the Patriots. Wow! He said that they will beat us by double digits. Um, I will have happens, to agree with him that there may not be a hotter quarterback right now than Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill has played really, really well in the past four or five weeks. I've got one for you though. His name is also Ryan. Who is that? Fitz Magic. He did play pretty well, but yeah, Ryan Tannehill is. Has done has played really well. Eagles defense was playing really well against a lot of good teams. Came in and shredded us. Uh, Patriots defense was playing really good against a lot of good teams. Shredded you all. Yeah. Fitz Magic is the truth, bro. Yeah. That, that Harvard education. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm interested to see the playoffs. I actually threw a, some bets on on some of the playoff games. Nice. By uh, the way, you you mentioned that Saints and uh, Vikings game should be a good one. Should be close. Yeah. It's actually biggest spread out of all the games. Seven and a half points is what I'm seeing currently. Wow. Very surprising. I'm, I'm anxious to watch that uh, Texans Bills game. That's right. I think that Texans Bills game could be a good one. Currently a three point spread. Now, when I bet it, it was a two and a half point spread. So it's been bet up in my direction. I like that sign. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, I'm anxious to see some of the some of the playoff games this week. Um. You got the battle of the birds. Yeah. We'll see who's the better bird, bro. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna say about that game. But I guess that'll move us to our power moves. Sorry, I, sorry, I told you this episode was gonna be short. I can't really talk that much. No. Uh, but cover what we could. I agree. And it's always good to do an episode and on New Year's Day for, yeah. for all the people. There's some good football on after this game, too. I'm anxious to see that Baylor-Georgia game, too. Yeah. Should, um, I, I've got Georgia. As that's a who I have as well. But Heavy favorite. With, I don't know. Georgia's got four or five players sitting out. Really? I didn't know I didn't, that until earlier today, but, yeah, they got four or five players sitting out. I didn't know that until earlier now. The ending to this one should be good. Right. You got Wisconsin backed up to the four-yard line, their own four-yard line. Uh, nine nine fifteen left in the game. They're up six, and it's been getting a little chippy too. I like that. It has Jonathan Taylor with a nice run. Jesus, and taking them with him about fifteen yards on that. I guess with fifteen people on him. Yeah, I, I've always liked Jonathan Taylor since the first time I saw him. Now, why four of his teammates were trying to tackle him there, I don't know. But you know, fifteen sure. people were trying to tackle him. Did you like Jonathan Taylor in Home Improvement? No, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. He no. was better in uh, Man of the House. Right. Yeah. Um, Much better. How many power moves you got? Two of them. Uh, that's how many I have as well. So do you want me to go first or second? I'll go first. Okay. One. So Two, two. My first one is uh, Scott Satterfield and the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mac Brown and his coaching staff. And you're going to be like, why are you saying this? So this is both of our teams. 
That's right. Both of us did the ACC preview together. That's right. And both of us were wrong on our teams. But both of us were very happy that we were wrong on our teams. I was. I had six and six, then I would have four no, and six. No, we both had five and seven on five our teams. Five and seven. We both picked five and seven for yeah. our teams. We were close. I was closer then. And I would have rather be in your situation than been farther away. No, I said I said six and six. Or no, I said five and seven. Yeah. I guess you were. Yeah, I see what you're saying now. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I so, wish yeah. I was in your shoes. <laughs> yeah. So after both of our bowl wins, yeah. there was a statement made that I thought was pretty impressive. Louisville and North Carolina made the biggest turnarounds in Power Five. Yeah. Louisville making a six game turnaround and North Carolina making a five game turnaround. You, we, even as guys that know a decent amount about our program and know what these guys were bringing in and knew what our rosters looked like, still couldn't see what these guys did. Right. The turnarounds that these coaches did. So that's why my power move goes to Scott Satterfield and his staff and Mac Brown and his staff for making the two biggest turns or turnarounds in Power 5 football. I think a lot of people had both of us winning two games this year each. So, yeah, there was a lot of people that slept on both of us really bad. And understandably so. I mean, they the teams looked like they were going to sleepwalk through the season until the first game of the year. I mean, to me, both teams showed up on that first game. You all played Notre Dame. That was a much tougher opponent. I think uh, North Carolina played South Carolina, maybe, was there? Or no, Auburn? Or no, Oregon played Auburn. Who did you – you all played – yeah, you all played South Carolina and led the whole game and lost. Yeah. That's what it was. It might have been that. It might have been a different game. I forget what it was. But what, whatever it was, they had momentum from the beginning of the year, which was kind of one of those things where you felt good about where your team stood, even though it wasn't exactly how you wanted it to end. But my, my power move, I've actually got two quick ones, so I'll start with one of them. I know you're not a huge MMA fan, but i got to give a shout-out to the PFL. Um, PFL is kind of changing up the MMA game. They're actually doing a playoff system, which nobody really does. And they're each weight division that wins, they're giving that fighter a million dollars. And so there's been a lot of interesting – the chippiness continues. Yeah, this, like is get, this game's getting good. Very chippy. Wisconsin – not Dan Rutgers, but Wisconsin fumbled the ball to run after that Jonathan Taylor play. Oregon gets the ball. First play runs the, what, 25, 30-yard touchdown? And then once he gets into the end zone, he gets hit late, and then there's chippiness in the back of the end zone, flags everywhere. Very late, by the way. I mean, like, he's eight yards deep and gets hit. I'm yeah. sure a lot of people are watching, were watching it or have seen this, but, yeah. Um, but PFL, got to give them a shout-out. They just signed a guy by the name of Rory McDonald, who is a very famous UFC fighter, uh, most known for his fight against Robbie Lawler in the um, UFC, but also has been fighting for Bellator recently. So, to me, PFL is maybe the future. Professional Fighting League, is that what it stands for? Yeah, Professional Fighters League or Fighting League, whatever it is. Uh, But maybe the way of the future for MMA as well, too. I don't don't think that was as bad as it really looked in real time. They just kind of ran into him running full speed. That is right there, but maybe that's where the flag really – no, they threw the flag before that. Both of them, yep. Yeah. Um, so my other one, uh, my other power move is Marshawn Ford. Uh, Marshawn Ford is a uh, tight end slash fullback that plays in our on our offense. Went to Ballard, uh, started as a walk on as a redshirt, and then when Scott Satterfield got here, he gave him a, a scholarship. So 
the game's pretty much close to being over. And um, something that Louisville adopted, and I think other teams do it as well. I don't want to just only give Louisville credit for it, but, you know, they have those whiteboards on the side of the field. Yeah. Louisville started writing stuff and holding it up and showing it to the fans a lot, like early on in the season, like party in the locker room, everybody's invited, like stuff like that. Well, Is that true? They Yeah, they would post that sign. and I mean, no one would go in there, but it, that would be what it said. So hey, if you invite me, you know what I'm saying yeah. you can't blame me for being there. Yeah. So um, he had a sign and he kept holding it up, but he wouldn't point it towards the fans. He was pointing it towards Mississippi State. <laughs> well, we had no idea what it said the entire time. Yeah. Well, after the game, they had it up there on the stage whenever they were giving away the MVP and all that stuff, and uh, it said "Party in the locker room, ACC only." Well, come to find out, that wasn't what it said during the game. So, I have not researched this. Yeah. But I don't think that the coaches would have let these guys hold this sign if this wouldn't have been true or if they wouldn't have told them this. So, Marshawn Ford is holding this sign, and the camera from ESPN shows him up close. Yeah. And it says, Louisville's players, Louisville has nothing but soft players. And then it says Moorhead, which is their coach's last name. Yeah. So Marshawn Ford is holding this sign up to the camera. Well, then when the camera goes away, he starts holding it up towards the Mississippi State sideline. Yeah. So my power move goes to Marshawn Ford for writing that sign out well, and for showing it towards their sideline. So did he write it out or did somebody else write it and he just held it? Well, either way, he's holding it towards their sideline. Right. He's got the yeah. con huevos. Yes. To do it. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Um, my my additional power move is, I don't know if you saw this, but there was a great article on ESPN.com. Now, I do have one issue with the article, which we'll get into later. But it was just talking about how some of the most powerful people in each state of the, Un- the United States are coaches. Yep. And out of the 50 states, 40 of the state's highest paid employees are coaches 28 of them are head football coaches in the ncaa and 12 of them are basketball coaches now i'm sure obviously this doesn't account for nba coaches professional athletes all of that additional stuff they're just talking about strictly employees Um, some of the most notable players um, would be like dabo sweeney making 9.3 million per year john calipari making 9.3 million Saban, $8.9 million. Um, now, I, it's, I've got a subtle beef with the power move. The power move is it was a great article, very informative, good read. Beef with the article, incorrect information. North Carolina, the highest paid coach in the state is? Uh, Roy Williams. Coach K. Okay. The article said... Roy Williams. Now, Roy Williams makes... Well, here's probably why. Why? So, a lot of these guys' contracts, you know this from NBA and all that stuff, a lot of the stuff that they earn, especially college coaches, is made off of endorsements. Right. So, his actual salary probably is cheaper than Coach K's. But a lot of times when they announce their contracts, they announce them with those endorsements that they get from it. But it's not considered part of their contracts. The thing is, Roy is on there as making $3.3 million, and Coach K makes around what Calipari makes. Those are the only two 
head basketball coaches who really make in that ballpark. Um, the the next guy behind them is uh, Tony. Uh, what's his name? At Tony Virginia. Bennett. Tony Bennett, who's like four point two. He just not got that this year, didn't he? Yeah. Where I think. And he actually took less than what he was supposed. No, he got it last year before their title. Right. And then took a pay. Uh, uh, then he take a downgrade on his pay just to help or to uh, or wouldn't take a raise because he felt like that winning a championship was what he was supposed to do or right. something. Was, it was something weird like that. When you make $4.2 million per year, you know, after losing your first round game and then coming back and winning a that's, – that's what he needed. He yeah. didn't need any additional money. But, yeah, so that to me was my only complaint with the overall great article. If you have a chance, I'm sure it's still up on ESPN. Uh, check, check that out because it actually shows you a breakdown per state, shows you the average uh, – income for a household in that state as well too and shows you how many times that you would have to make that to be one of these coaches have have the financial gain of one of these coaches but i think the key for me is coming from uh the household of a coach i I don't think people fully understand the dedication and the quote-unquote suffering of time loss with their family. I mean, it's it's an all-day, every day. Yeah. And obviously, this is a next level compared to what I saw as well, too. Um, you live, eat, breathe, sleep basketball. As you mentioned, Coach Mack is part of a new generation, which I, I kind of disagreed with you on that in the sense of I think you can win and that be your not number one priority as well, too. I think it's good to have balance for some people, but I also think, you know, these coaches are doing it because they love it and they love the kids and they love the game. And so their, their families can be part of that while they're supporting them um, around the time frame of being a head coach. But yeah, got to, got to give a lot of credit to these coaches. I even just looked, uh, you know, when I was down in Georgia, I was reading about the Walter uh, McCarty situation and I was looking at, he, you know, it's a private Institute, so it doesn't show, what he makes per year essentially but previously i think it was a 2016 tax document showed their former coach making 375,000 per year and i just kept thinking in my head man for a smaller d1 school to be making almost 400k as a head coach that's a beautiful thing right there like it doesn't doesn't get much better than that and obviously in my opinion probably even with inflation as well as being a big name like walter mccarty and being a local hero in evansville you're probably making more money than what that guy was. I would I would guess you're probably right. Yeah. Especially with the coaching background that he had as well. Right. Years under Rick Pitino, years in the NBA under Brad Stevens in Boston. Uh, I think he had some years in – I'm not positive, but I feel like he had some years with the Knicks as well. I'm not positive about that. I know he played for the Knicks. I don't remember, but I know you mentioned he, he's got multiple levels. So it's yeah. college and professional. And, to ha- and then obviously his playing career as well too. I mean, yes. he knows what it takes. So how many beefs you got? I've got two. All right, we'll throw one because I only got one. All right, well, my first one, we're going to go with um, Anthony Davis is the one I'll choose to do. So, All right. So your boy Tony's not going to enjoy this one as well, too, but I don't know if you saw it. But they, they played a game Sunday, and they played the Mavs, and they came out on top. And not not shocking to me that Mavs team has played really well this year. But the Lakers have also played really well. Lakers needed to right the ship. They were able to right the ship. And after, of course, you're getting all these questions. Um, one of the questions was to Anthony Davis about basically where he thinks their team falls in the scheme of things this year. 
and Anthony Davis was quoted as saying, I'm, I'm going to give a paraphrase of it, but essentially that they can beat any team in the NBA with the proper effort on defense. To me, that makes me sick. I can't understand how you can be a superstar and essentially go on record of saying that your team hasn't shown up for games. Now, granted, it's an 82-game season. It's a long season. But to me, the way I've been raised in the game, the way I play the game, the way I've been around the game, there's one thing that you can control every game. That's effort on the defensive end of the ball. There's going to be games that you're going to miss shots. There's going to be games that you've got some type of nagging injury that affect your offensive performance. Um, I've also always heard coaches say if you're going to take a playoff, so to speak, you don't take it off on the defensive end. So to hear that potentially some of their losses are due to effort on the defensive end, very disappointing for me to hear. Yeah. So my beef is going to come probably it's no surprise to anybody yeah you probably already know where i'm going with this i don't well if you've been anywhere around college football the past two days i haven't or have watched tv it's my religion been on facebook don't been on twitter or seen anything you've seen this clown lynn bowden lynn and the fact that Whoever is in charge, I don't care who it is before anyone's like, well, it's not this. I don't care who it is. Whoever should have made this call and did not make this call, that's who the other part of this beef is with. Yeah. So apparently there's been some back and forth between Virginia Tech and Lynn Bowden the entire week. Shocker. Uh, Yeah. It's not like this guy runs his mouth all the time. He's wearing some pretty expensive chains before the game. Yeah, I wonder how he got that. Guy comes from the slums of Youngstown, Ohio. I didn't know they had slums there. Apparently, Youngstown, Ohio is one of the worst parts in Ohio. That's a serious statement. It's one of the most dangerous areas in all of Ohio. Yeah. Uh, Has a kid at the age of 18, so you know he's spending money on that, and plays college sports. So, yeah, it's another part that I didn't even think about. So, (laughs) want to bring that up, BJ. You're, You're welcome. Dudes, now, if they were real, I, I don't know if they were real Dudes wearing Cuban links out there trying to fight other people. A couple of them. Yeah, so, now, I don't know this part to be a fact. Yeah. Okay? But it looked to me like he was on Virginia Tech's half of the field during warm-ups. It's what it looked like to me. Right. There were some parts where he's slaloming. Swallow, I don't even know how you slalom. Yep, you know, that's right. Some of their players with the football. Bumping right. into some of their players on purpose. Right. And running his mouth the entire time. And then he has the audacity to go up to one of their players and they're face to face and they're both talking. Right. They're both talking. They're both talking. And then he punches the guy in the face. Which wasn't a very hard punch. But I mean poor poor technique there, Mr. Bowden. And then his coach that's standing right next to him doesn't even have he doesn't even take the chicken wing out of his mouth to separate Lynn Bowden from this guy that he just punched. Well, if he learned anything from the referee the week before, I'm not stepping in front of a sleeper punch. Well, we went back and looked at that, and that guy did not get punched. Right. <laughs> that guy definitely got hit in the bill of his hat. But he was so salty about it. That's what's hilarious. 
Yes. Now, the guy in the Bengals game did get hit. Did you see that one? No. Where not. the Bengals beat the Browns and the running back, uh, Joe Mixon, was celebrating, took his helmet off and swung his helmet, oh. and the referee walked in front and hit him in the back with it on accident. Oh. Like, that one was a total accident. Like, he was just celebrating so he was happy because they won, and he hit the guy in the back. Yeah. But Lynn Bowden, who has done nothing but run his mouth the entire time, now you have Kentucky fans like, well, let's build a statue for this guy. This guy is such a great person. He's a great player. He's so unselfish. If he was so unselfish, he wouldn't have put himself in that situation to where he had to apologize after the game for saying, I really shouldn't have done that. If I could go back, I wouldn't have done that. That's selfish on him. Yeah. So don't bring up this unselfish BS. The dude is not unselfish. If he's unselfish, he wouldn't have put himself in that situation. I'm all for the talking, too. And uh, and I am, I am as well. And it's obvious that they were talking as well. Right. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. It well, that, makes me. that was my point. That's you're getting ready to play the game, and so the the talking is the lead up to the game. But you know, a short, brief sucker punch doesn't yeah. end that altercation. Oh my goodness! Oh, that, fair catcher, bud. Uh, that didn't feel good. So it was one of those deals to me. Uh, I, I like seeing the talking. I agree with you. I, I don't think you can be um slaloming between players or be on their side or whatever it may have been you know to me we've seen a lot of games where in the warm-up you know their side our side yeah whatever it may be half the field not half the field one one side of the field the other side whatever it is you just don't go in their direction and if you do get a little chirpy you know it's going to come back so yeah. Be a man and take what they're saying back. Don't throw the cheap shot in the mix and add And the to fact it. that that guy got to play the entire game, the, guy, the fact that he got to play at all is absolutely crazy to me. Yeah. You punching somebody on the field in the face. What happens if he – I know he didn't. But what happens if he breaks that guy's jaw? Is that rule still going to stand that because it was over an hour before the game that he doesn't get suspended if he breaks that guy's jaw and then puts that guy out of the game? What, ha- what happens then? Yeah. It because now you're now you're letting what's what's the old saying you're letting the the animals run the zoo, yeah. That's that's essentially what you're doing. You're letting someone dictate what they want to do because they're a great player. I had someone write me on my status and say if he got put out of the game, there would have been no money made for that for that ball game because nobody would have watched it. I said, let's be honest. That's that's the most asinine statement you could ever make to me. Well, that, that means you're putting money over the over the well being or over morals. And it's tough for me to say anything because of the past that's happened with Louisville with Bobby Petrino and Rick Pitino. But here's the thing. We got a lot of crap, and we still get a lot of crap from that stuff from UK fans. And might get potential crap. Yeah. And the fact that they bring up stuff like that yeah. is it's it's mind-boggling to me. So needless to say, you're happy that Kentucky won the bowl game as well. No. If, if that whole program <laughs> fell off the face of the earth outside of J.J. Weaver, I would not be upset. It's a good point. Shout out to JJ. Hope Always will have love for JJ. Always. Yeah. Special bond there. Um, I'll, I'll go with my last one, though. I'm sure you saw this as well, too. But Antonio Brown actually got a workout with the Saints finally. And I from, can't lie. I was a little worried for a minute that oh, he was going to be with the Saints. Could you imagine the one-two tandem of Michael Thomas and Antonio Brown? No. Two of the best receivers in the game currently, or one of them's in the game. Um, being with a quarterback who's on his last leg but completes the ball at a 68 percentile, something like that. So, yeah, would would have been very, 
would have been very impressive. But I think I'm not a great lip reader. I think um, he might have said that wasn't a good call. That's an F and bad call. <laughs> you just made a big mistake. Yeah. Uh, that was a terrible call. Yeah. They called offensive pass interference on that. Yeah, that was a bad call. They look confused on the sideline. Now, with that being said, he, he gets a workout, right? And the Saints say they're genuinely looking at him, considering him as an option. But the thing is, if you look back at what the NFL released, the NFL never said he would be eligible to play, but they also said he would not be ineligible to play. Their assessment was that they were... They never finished the investigation because they didn't know if he was ever going to play. So their assessment was that he, they were still continuing the um, process at hand. And upon completing it, then they would dictate what the repercussions were. So once again, you could pick him up. He could play a game, and then the next game he's out. You never know what might happen, right? So needless to say, Saints pass on him, right? And, and then what Antonio Brown does is he goes and he continues to make it tough. Well, I don't even know if they had passed on him for sure yet. Well, th- they signed another guy to their practice okay. squad. So to me, it's you had one position to fill. I, I don't think they had passed on him. I think they had signed somebody else. With that being said, he was under the impression he wasn't going to be there. And so whether that was in his own head or whether that was due to something else, I don't know. But he goes on social media. And you think the guy would learn, I mean, after his 2020 uh, no white women thing. (laughs) Classic, yeah. Uh, But he makes another fatal flaw. And he starts criticizing the NFL. He does give some praise. Uh, but he says that people have been forgotten. Like, uh, what, what's the head coach of the Saints again? I just went blank. Uh, Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott. Is it no? It's is it Sean McDermott? It's not Sean McDermott. It's uh, Sean Payton. Sean Payton. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he said Payton was at one point in time forgotten, and now he was remembered. And and so he's taking subtle shots, and finally he finishes with the fact that he thinks it was a publicity stunt on the part of the Saints. And it's like, man, what what are you doing, first of all? You've got to find something to do with your time because what you're doing right now isn't working for you. Now, he was exercising while he was doing this, so it does show me he is trying to be ready for if a team calls his name. But, man, I don't think anybody's going to take a chance on him after the way he's handled the last 10 situations that he's been in. So sad to see talent of that nature. Um, continues to take shots at Juju Schuster-Smith, continues to take shots at Derek Carr. Uh, someday Antonio Brown's going to have to grow up a little bit because he's a phenomenal player and would be a great asset on many teams and could compete for a Super Bowl championship this year if he stayed in good standings with the Patriots, but instead has jeopardized his legacy and his career, and now I don't know what will happen. Um, yeah, I, that dude's lost it. Yeah. And I, I thought maybe it was there for a while. Um, that he was just trying to get to New England, but then once he got to New England, he was still acting nuts. I don't even know, man. That guy's in another world. Yeah. Like, yeah, that video he made, that rap video you were just talking about, No War, No More White Women. Yeah. Did you see the video? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a hilarious theme. And there's a backstory to that, too. So he's not, you know, I, I know in the world and day and age we live in, 
I guess if you say no more white women, there is racist implications there. Yeah. But with that being said, there there's a background to the story. So it's it's a pretty comical background as well, too. Probably not necessary for the podcast, but he he's on a tangent. He's uh, the, the biggest drug in the world is, what is it, self-centeredness or uh, self-fame and uh, self-love. Ego. Ego. And uh, he, he's obviously having a major issue with that and can't figure out how to write the ship yeah i don't i don't get him man it's he's he's lost it but yeah i mean that's pretty much all we got i this that's a huge call in this wisconsin game i i can't believe they're, they're pretty much gonna lose the game because of this call because they it doesn't look of, like they're gonna get the ball back no they only had two timeouts and they just called one of them uh, so I mean, what they have scored there, I don't know, but obviously that I don't. Well, know they what gave he them saw. a first down, and then it ended up right. backing them up to third and or third or second and twenty. But that's what I'm saying. You still got to drive and score. Well, I mean, a field goal. All, yeah, all you got to do is kick a field goal. Right. And yeah, I mean, again, you're right. Could they have not scored? Absolutely, but there was still over three minutes when that happened, and you got two timeouts. You feel pretty good about what's going to happen from it, so got a good run game yeah. you can kill the clock and hopefully pick up one more first down and be in field goal range i agree it's a huge call but to say it determined the game a lot, a lot of plays that are made in the game i hate that cliche one play determines the whole game yeah it didn't help it i'll tell you that nope it does not but that's really all i got man hopefully you guys will be able to hear me decently well on here with how terrible my voice sounds you know, I think all the listeners are thinking in their head. They're not worried about you as much as me. But as long as they can hear BJ. I, I hope they can hear you as well, bro. Yeah. As <laughs> long as they can hear BJ, that's all that matters. But, uh, guys, keep liking, keep sharing. Try to stay warm because it's gotten cold again with this crazy weather going from warm to cold to warm. That's right. It is January, though, so it should stay cold here for a while will be my expectation. Yeah. Uh, but, guys, as always, beef out.